I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Now stop beating your gums and sound the attack. Alright, hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the We Got The Chocolates podcast. In fact, this is podcast episode 14. We have made a bit of a meal of that in the last couple of weeks, the uh, counting aspect, but we can blame that squarely on Skin and Haz, who were obviously in control last week, Mm -hmm. while I was mastering the slopes of Mouth Hotham. Uh, Obviously return this week back at the desk, which is a huge result for everyone concerned. Yep, good to have you, Lethal. That was yeah, that was one of our our very few blunders last week. Man, it has we've doubled up on episode twelve, but that's all right. To be fair, you actually, apart from that, were actually flawless. So, a uh, little bit of credit where it's due. There, uh, has welcome back. You obviously we've swapped roles this week. You're actually on the phone, uh, not from Mount Hotham, I don't think, but you are on the phone. Um, yeah, yeah, down in St Kilda. So thanks for uh, putting the effort in to get me back on the show this week, even though I'm interstate. No worries, mate. Not actually that tough, to be honest. We're just a regular phone call and, and bang, you're here. Beauty. <laughs> um, and Skinner is obviously here. That's a, that is a integral part. Uh, so, Mitch, thank you for being here as well. Always a pleasure. Yeah, not too tough to make it when you live in the studio. That's <laughs> true. Again, that word studio that we like to use for kitchen table. Absolute synonym. Um, righto. Uh, guys, very exciting episode uh, today and uh, we are obviously going to get through, well, we had the AFL grand final on the weekend. Uh, we have still got plenty of cricket happening at the moment, which has will obviously be able to talk us through. The NRL grand final is this weekend as well uh, and there's a few other random sports that have been brought to our attention uh, through the Instagram activity as well. Uh, but guys, uh, very first, uh, one of the more exciting pieces of podcasting history that you'll ever witness uh, we have managed to actually secure the services of a guest uh, today he is an AFL player his name is Jack Lukosius uh, he actually went uh, at pick number two in the national draft last year to the Gold Coast Suns uh, for anyone that doesn't know what that means it's quite high in the order it sort of goes one and then two <laughs> so uh so it's fairly well played uh, and we are hoping that uh Jack is actually on the phone and able to hear us now Jackie there Yes, I'm here. Thanks for that. That was kind of you. <laughs> no worries, mate. No worries at all. Um, we just wanted to make sure that you felt very welcome there. And obviously we do have uh, some listeners here, such as Sam Hazlitt, um, who actually is a host, uh, who are not particularly well-educated in the AFL realm, so we just have to include that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I've been living on the coast, so it's been a bit like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's very fair. Um, yeah, well, we, you, you are obviously just playing uh, just down the road from us, actually, Jack. You're just down the highway, uh, but you aren't actually on the coast at the moment. Obviously, the season is finished. So at some point, we will get you into this wonderful studio that we have built here out of a kitchen table and a couple of chairs. Um, <laughs> but uh, we just wanted to check in with you, mate, and, and see how, how the off-season's treating you and, and sort of what your movements are during the off-season where you are now and uh and, and what you plan on doing with your weeks off yeah thanks mate um so yeah, i was originally from adelaide so i'm back home uh seeing the family and stuff like that um so yeah after the season me and a heap of the boys went to bali for a week which was which was good fun that's um, awesome perfect but yeah now back home seeing family and heaps of friends that probably the biggest part you miss not seeing them every day but it's good to be back but yeah it won't, won't be too long and i'll be back up for pre-season yeah, absolutely. Very, very handy. And how exactly when do you are you expected to be back up for uh, for pre season, man? Um, I think every club gets 
it's about 10 weeks off. Uh, okay. So don't quote me on that, something like that. But we're back early November. But then I guess Giants and Collingwood won't be for a long while from now. Yeah, good if point. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. So it is uh, actually individualised based on sort of how far you go into the season. Yeah, yeah. And also I think us younger boys are back a bit earlier and then the blokes who have been around for a bit longer get more of a break. Okay. Stuff like stuff like that as well, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So is that just to try and get like another another decent preseason into you guys, I guess, that are that are younger and, and make sure the bodies are good to go for the next year as well? Yeah, pretty much. I don't think they want to spend time too much time conditioning us, so once everyone's back we can all get straight into footy training rather than working on conditioning and stuff like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, now, Matt, don't be don't be surprised. There are obviously three hosts of the uh, We Got the Chocolates podcast usually, um, but Mitch will probably sit here. He's, he's obviously not the most talkative person, but he is definitely still breathing and still with us, same Mitch? Yeah, no, still it. Perfect. And then, uh, and actually, has you know, we we probably, in fairness, should talk about your uh, your footy career a little bit more. But um, unfortunately, we've got Has on the other end of the phone here, who uh, usually when we do the AFL wrap during the week provides absolutely nothing um, because. He, <laughs> <laughs> he's just an NRL, a huge NRL fan, obviously growing up in Brisbane. Um, is that a sport, NRL, that you've you've had to try and get around, mate, now that you've uh, moved to the coast, moved to Queensland? Have you followed that at all? Oh, the tiniest of bit, I'd say. It's actually a fair few boys are from um, either like Cairns or from the Gold Coast, so they do support it a fair bit. But as it's been from Adelaide, I know stuff all about it. So I'm learning, <laughs> but still a long way off. So you never supported the Adelaide Rams. They were actually probably before you were born. <laughs> never knew that existed. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, good. Well, just to, uh, Jack, just to keep Haz entertained, we might um, we might actually just go to sort of something that he is more interested in. Um, and I'm not sure if how many people would obviously know this about you, but um, it's probably worth mentioning your cricket career as well. Uh, obviously, sort of the, the Fulham Falcons there would have been very happy to have your services for multiple years to come. Uh, but you were actually quite a prodigious talent as a young cricketer as well, which is obviously where I came to know you uh, through the West Torrens Cricket Club. And we've mentioned the uh, three-peat that we've won quite a few <laughs> oh, times. Just know. to throw that out. <laughs> name drop in there. Three premierships <laughs> in one year, that was, boys. Um, so that's obviously uh, where I got to meet you, Jack. I uh, got the pleasure of meeting you and uh, getting to face you for a couple of times. But you have actually mentioned like on countless occasions, I've certainly seen a lot of interviews where you've sort of mentioned that you learnt your cool, calm, composed approach at the back that you're sort of well known for uh, from having me as your sort of Friday Night Cricket Academy coach. Is that fair to say? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, no, I did, did love my cricket. Um, yeah, it was good spending some time with you, mate. <laughs> That's right. That was absolute. Jack was very, very easy to coach. You just tell him to run in and bowl fast. Um, he actually was like I probably wasn't really cool and calm and composed when I was facing him because uh, he used to run in. He was not the only one, that's for sure, but he was obviously quite tall and bold, absolute wheels um, in the early stages of his junior career. Uh, And he wasn't sort of a big fan of uh, utilising that bowling crease, the sort of front line. There was a couple of bowlers (laughs) that Braden Renshaw was far worse, but Jack and Braden seemed to think that the front line was sort of like more of a guideline uh, rather than something that they had to keep their foot behind. <laughs> and so they, they were very, very scary to face on a Tuesday night. And uh, obviously a massive uh, shout-out to Carl Mickens' Tuesday night training wickets, which were um, jungle book, uh, for want of a better term. So that made, it, that made the proposition very scary. You remember those days, Jack? Yeah, sure do, mate. Um, yeah, it was good fun, good fun, but the body doesn't let me do that anymore. Yeah, very true. So you sort of you haven't had anyone while well, you're in Adelaide for your holidays. You haven't had anyone just come up and say, "Hey, Jack, can you have a bowl to us, mate?" Well, there's actually been plenty of that. Everyone wants to me to get a game of cricket in, um, <laughs> but I played about oh, probably 45 minutes the other day in the backyard. My back pulled up so bad. So <laughs> I can't do it anymore. <laughs> oh, that's big. How's you probably um, see plenty of that still, don't you? At your cricket training, the ball's got a few players that aren't fans of uh, keeping their foot behind the line and the training decks there. Yeah, yeah, it's not fun, and then definitely when you're in there, you pull them up because you want to you want to tell them that you're watching, and then if you're a non-striker, then you're having a look because when you go down, you don't want it happening to you. <laughs> yeah, very fair, actually. Um, you, to be serious, Jack, I think this is a very dumb question, uh, but it won't be the last that you get. Uh, but with, with you sort of rang up the Gold Coast Suns and said. Hey, uh, boys, I'm just sort of obviously need to play for West Torrens second grade on the weekend. I'm just going to run in and I should be able to cap the bowling at 22 overs for the weekend. Uh, how would they be likely to respond to that? 
Oh, our um, head physio is actually an absolute cricket nuffy, so we like talk absolute shit every day. <laughs> so um, I've been telling him that I'm getting a game in, so he's gonna like we're looking at the my cricket all summer, waiting. <laughs> Anything's happened, so it'll be interesting. But um, oh, I still reckon I'm a sniff to get a game in though. Absolutely. If Kane just plays it, sure, you can play as a batter or something and just make sure it's not a game that's live streamed. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Not all watching. <laughs> exactly right. Playing to someone else's name. Have a bow. And uh, Jack Lee was telling me before that you, obviously, we, we've talked about your, your talents as a bowler in the younger days. He, he was telling me that you ended up opening the bowler for opening the bowling for South Australia under 17s um, before yeah. making your your transition over to footy. I just wanted to ask about well, well that experience in that team, obviously, and then and then also how you ended up making that decision, or if it was sort of uh, made for you to end up going over to footy. Um, yeah, I loved it. So probably in the lead up to that, I was pretty equal on both love footy and cricket um, and love training for him and stuff, all that type of stuff. Um, yep. And then when I got to that 17s, I was kind of training heaps for cricket during winter, during footy season. That's when it started building up on me. And then obviously it was grateful to get the opportunity to play to SA. Um, didn't do a whole lot. And then... <laughs> 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 didn't back straight afterwards that kind of made the decision for me I uh, okay. um, but yeah still good fun um, but yeah I think I think I've made the right decision looking back now yeah, yeah, yeah no, I was trying to explain to um, I was trying to explain to the boys before Jack and this is this is different in Queensland because like up here our, obviously you know that I play a very high standard of um Australian rules football as well uh, for the Div Two reserves. Yeah, and, uh, Lockleys. yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was that was even, that was like Div Five, I think, out of the Lockleys yeah. Demons. That was outstanding. But since coming up to uh, Queensland, I've actually continued my um, AFL career, uh, if you could call it that. And uh, and that, like our season for cricket, if we had what well, we did, we made the grand final this year for footy, and so mm-hmm. our season started like one day after footy season finished. Whereas up, like in Adelaide, it would be, there's actually always breaks. Like I, I was trying to explain, it's actually quite common for people to play two sports down there, isn't it? Like most people actually play footy yeah. and cricket. Yeah, most do. You probably get a couple of weeks pre-season for um, footy kind of starts at the end of cricket. So if you make finals for cricket, you're always in trouble for pre-season games for footy and stuff like that. Mm. But yeah, you can easily do both. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. It seems yeah harder to do up here actually, but I think it's also to do with yeah. the fact that, like, uh, your you, you played some footy. Actually, we got a question from uh, one of the Instagram <laughs> followers here, Jack uh, Peter Elfenbein, that was asking if you were any chance of making a comeback for the Henley Sharks at some stage. Actually, Peter, um, yeah, I reckon I might one day. Yeah, like I don't know. I've always been, as you know, I've only always played at Henley and West Torrens and Fulham. Like I haven't change clubs or anything like that and no very loyal very loyal yeah. character the old man loves his sport and the, and the sharks i reckon i'll probably end up there one day <laughs> oh that's awesome well i'm sure he'll be very pleased that's probably the last bit of the interview that he'll listen to now he's got what he wanted he likes seeing daryl white run around at the bombers we've got daryl white playing at 58 years of age magnificent that'll be jack lacocious as well for the henley sharks uh but they the point that i was making there jack is they actually share grounds don't they so like we would we played cricket on the exact ground that uh like the henley sharks would play sort of their div one footy on as well so there was no possibility of actually you know both seasons running at the same time you needed those couple of weeks to actually make sure that you could keep the wickets yeah exactly right i think they're doing that at the moment i went for a run there today and they're all out under the main deck, getting the cricket pitch ready for this weekend, I think. So yeah, that's right. Round one starts. Down and guys, even um, even uh, for for Brisbane cricket, grade cricket, we start a couple of weeks earlier than all the other states, pretty much. And I know I was talking to Nick Maddinson yesterday, and uh, he was saying that Melbourne first grade cricket still hasn't started yet. They haven't played any any grade games yet because of the AFL probably, and, and having to prepare wickets. So we're um, pretty lucky as cricketers up in Brisbane to have the, the wickets ready early in the season. Mm. We are lucky, but then it also meant has that we didn't get to watch the AFL Grand Final either <laughs> play. So <laughs> Melbourne get that off. Yeah, true. No, I feel for you there. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. Keep oh, going, Skin. Shucks. Oh yeah, I'm I'm going again. Hey, uh, yeah, Jack. Another question for you, mate. I understand you've now played 21 games of of AFL um, at the ripe old age of of 19, uh, which is a fairly fairly rare feat. Um, I just wanted to know, like, were you were you expecting to get that many games in your first year when you first moved up, or how how's it going? Yeah, yeah. I was. I guess I wasn't 
expecting to play 21, but I was hoping to play as much as possible. Yeah, of course. Um, and yeah, got the opportunity to play round one and kind of went on with it from there. Played pretty much everywhere on the field, forward, mid and back and learn a heap. So um, I think it will hold me in a good good place for next year and yep. yeah, keep building on that. Yeah, so, no, I like it. And mate, what's, what's actually your preferred position? Great you question. That's exactly what I was going to ask. Uh, probably, oh, I love kicking goals, playing forwards, probably yeah. fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think for me at the moment, down back's probably my best position in the AFL. And then as we go, I might turn into a forward in a few years' time. But I'm, I was pretty settled down back in the second half of the year. So I think I'll hang around there for a bit. Okay, yeah. I like it. I sort of heard a few people like people that are probably more knowledgeable than, than us, which you might find hard to believe, Jack. But um, <laughs> but I've heard quite a few sort of AFL pundits that talk about the fact that uh, it actually can be quite good for like a, a young up-and-coming kid to actually play down back first because they, they sort of get to play on really, really good attacking players forwards that sort of know where the ball's going to go, lead them to the ball, and then that when they swing around and, and actually turn into a forward later in their career that they, they can sort of draw upon those lessons. Do you think that's something that, that will hold you in good stead? Yeah, I've heard that a few times as well. Um, yeah, I think heaps of like gun forwards have played early in their careers down back, so hopefully I can do that as well and yeah, just learn as much as I can because I've played on... Heaps of good players already this season, so um, yeah, looking forward to doing that next year as well. Yeah, no, that's good. I can I can definitely understand, mate. My my phenomenal AFL career. I've, the few times I've been promoted up into the ones in Div Two, <laughs> I've I've been asked to go back into the defensive line and sort of learn the ropes. So, yeah, very similar, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, you learnt the ropes. Got told you did it really well, and then got dropped. <laughs> <laughs> got dropped back into the into the second grade forward line. Makes sense. <laughs> That was perfect. That's uh, good. Um, now, uh, Jack, I actually did have you in my AFL fantasy team at the start of the year, mate, out of uh, out of loyalty to you. Uh, but I did have to um, bin you early on. I'm sorry about that, mate. I just I wanted to be honest, so you don't feel like we're sort of our friendship is under false pretenses. Yeah, I didn't offer much early, did I? No, <laughs> no you got your average up to fifty two, though. To be fair, by the end, so you take yeah. that. I, think I had myself early as well because I've done it my whole life like, as a kid and all that. And I'm like, geez, I need to get myself in the team. And then I had to get myself out pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Use one of your trades early to get you out. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it was actually funny. I, w- I wanted to ask you about that because we've got uh, one of the other men that we sort of speak to, James Baisley, is on our, on our podcast quite often. And he's an absolute AFL fantasy snuff, like puts in full pre-season. So, like, I think his pre-season yeah. would actually be just as hard as yours. Um, <laughs> and he... He literally, he came, what did he come this year? 6,301st he finished. Have you ever had a result that uh, he want, He actually sent in this question? Have you had a result that's beat him in your time playing? Oh, I don't know exactly. I had a few years in high school where I went all right. Like, you, know, you have a league with all your mates and stuff like that. Well, yeah. I probably would have been similar to something like that, but no, nah, nothing too special. You can't put that much time into it. I don't think it's not healthy. <laughs> Yeah, we'll let him know that. He's, he's definitely... Yeah, that's, that's I agree with that. Oh, sure. he's turned, it's turned into an addiction, honestly. <laughs> I'm sure that would have been great for your uh, for your schooling grades as well there, Jack, just <laughs> having, yeah, t- having t- that t- in t- classrooms. Yeah, I love it. Mate, this is actually a slightly serious question, which is weird, uh, but myself and Mitch sort of uh, actually don't understand how you make kicking look so easy because, like, every kick, as we've talked about, we're not great, but every kick, we actually don't have a problem getting the ball but when we get it we kick at a 100% turnover rate um, so and even has we, we sort of showed has uh, in the lead up to uh, to you coming on we showed has your highlights package uh, and he was like geez it's a nice kicking action he doesn't even know anything about AFL um, <laughs> <laughs> is that fair Has? yeah you're right but it did look really natural and you see some some guys that look quite robotic and, and trained with the technique, but but yeah, it was nice and smooth and, and flowing. So so yeah, that was my estimation. Has you could actually be a coach in the AFL, just a technician. <laughs> then you see other blokes like Lethal and I that aren't, aren't trained in the technique <laughs> and aren't natural either. Well, this is what I was going to ask: is is it like your kicking style, Jack? Is that something that just comes naturally to you? Because I mean, like we, well, you've probably seen me in terms of cricket, the fact that I've shadow batted every possible minute of the day. Uh, but I actually yeah. like find myself shadow kicking as well sometimes and like trying out new grips and stuff and thinking about like just hoping that I'm going to stumble across the cheat codes to kicking, uh, which hasn't yeah. happened for me yet. Is that something that you actually do? Like are you, are you a technician that thinks about your technique or are you just running and kick the ball and it just happens? Um, oh, probably mainly as a kid when you just you spend all day every day just kicking the footy around. So you do heaps of it and you get, you get pretty good at it, I guess. 
it becomes pretty natural. So that's probably the for me um, how it works. Now it's not a whole lot of thinking goes into it. But even now, you train as a professional athlete. You, you're kicking footies every day, so you can only try new things and and try and, and try and get better. But I've been told off a couple of times this year for trying to bite off a bit more than I can chew. So um, yeah, yeah, I might have to might have to look after that. So you got to rein it in a bit there. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I don't. I don't like to, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very fair. Uh, now, mate. Obviously, because you came on the podcast, uh, we we're all obviously all three of us were about to sort of run out and uh, and just grab ourselves some number forty-one Gold Coast Guernseys to obviously hang up in our room or, or be able to wear when we're podcasting in the future. Uh, but we were speaking to you about that, and you, and you said we might actually have to hold up on that. Is there a uh, is there a sort of process for changing your number? Like, is it a similar amount of paperwork to sort of applying for a visa? Or is it quite straightforward? Oh, I have no idea. I've um, messaged one of the blokes at the club, letting him know I could be looking at a new number. Um, but I think we have to wait and see what's available. And there's all the trade period and that still to come. But yeah, hopefully yeah. I can secure something nice. So you weren't a, you weren't a fan of you weren't a fan of forty one, man. Oh, he was alright. It's just yeah, I might start trying to secure something a bit lower. <laughs> very very fair. Uh, uh, Jack, did you did you get to watch the grand final over the weekend by any chance, mate? Didn't. Yeah, yeah, I went. I took the uh, girlfriend over for her birthday, and then she did her knee, which was great. Oh but, yeah, um, right, makes sense. Oh jeez. But yeah, went over there. That was good fun. Wait, oh, so you were, you were at the G? Yep, yep. Beautiful. And how how was it? Is that sort of what you were expecting that result? Or um, I've been to two now. The first one I went to was the Crows Richmond a couple of years ago as a Crows fan, and the Richmond destroyed them. And that was a destroyed... blowout too, wasn't it? And they destroyed the Giants again. So I think I'm good luck for the Tigers. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was good to watch um, the first quarter and a bit. And then it was all just the Richmond Army taking over. Yeah, right. That's Jack, sure. it's probably not a great thing to be good luck for the Tigers when you're going to play no, no, against yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> they actually destroyed us this year as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, hopefully we can get them next year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, mate, the other thing that happened uh, during the week was the uh, the Brownlow medal as well, sort of AFL's Night of Nights, um, which obviously Nat Fife won his second Brownlow there. Um, is that something that you sort of follow? Like, how do you, oh, One question I actually want to know is, this is not for me, obviously, this is for a friend, um, but how do you go about getting yourself a ticket to the Brownlow, like as a player? Do you just Does anyone get invited or you have to poll votes or how does it work there? Oh, I think you have to have a pretty good season to get a gig. Yeah. Um, I think there's five from each team. So I'm guessing it's either the AFL invites who they think or the club invites maybe the top five in the BNF or something like that. But, yeah, it's whoever they think is going to do well and they all get guests as well, obviously. Mm. Yeah, how good. Um, and were you, did you, do you follow it, mate? Do you get into it? Did you think Nat Fife was a chance or were you thinking somewhere else? Oh, he's a chance. He's a, he's a star. Um didn't quite follow it, but yeah, definitely watch it yeah. um, on the night. And um, yeah, I thought Cripps had it about five rounds in, but yeah, Fife, Fife pulled very well. Yeah, very impressive, very impressive. We'll um, make sure that we sort of get around the Jack Lukosius votes for next year. Make sure that we're keeping yeah. count of them. Hopefully I can get a start to my, my voting career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is right, exactly. Uh, yeah, but one, one sort of last serious question, I guess, um, uh, Jack is just uh, obviously like your the Gold Coast season probably as a whole is it's not one that you would sort of sit there and find hugely enjoyable at times I'm sure um, but do you take sort of some heart out of uh, of seeing sort of I guess just up the road where the where the sort of Lions were two years ago and the fact that they probably had a season that's quite similar to the one that you guys have just had uh, and obviously seeing the way that they've sort of the form that they've been able to produce this year and, and sort of turn around from having just young guys that have got heaps of games into them. Is some, that's something that you look at and go, well, we have got a recipe for success here? Yeah, exactly right. Um, yeah, they, were, they were pretty awesome this year and it gives you gives you hope that anything can change really quickly. Um, they've got the right people in at the right time and it's worked. So um, if we stick to what we're doing and get a few players in, you never know, we could change it around pretty quick. So I'm pretty excited by what we can do up there. Like yeah, it. that's magnificent to hear, man. That's very, very exciting. That is for sure. Now, has you've uh, if you haven't fallen asleep there, you've actually got a couple of questions to ask as well, don't you? Yeah, I'm still here. Um, <laughs> uh, Jack, as a uh, as a professional athlete, um, obviously all you do during the days is, is think about AFL and, and plan for the games and train for the games. Uh, so, what do you like to do off the footy field to take your mind off the game? Um, for me, 
this year, the biggest part was probably just moving away from home. I've always had lived with my mum and dad and had my mates. So, um, new lifestyle, new everything. So that was, that was big for me. Um, and then eventually I moved out as well. So, um, yeah, getting used to the Gold Coast, I suppose. We're down the beach heaps, um, yeah, buying groceries, cooking, all that kind of stuff. I've never really been fond of before. So, um, <laughs> a whole lot of things <laughs> this year, but yeah, it was, it was a good experience. And Jack, do you have a, yeah, big, do you have a, sorry, has, do you have a, I'll just got to hijack that question for a sec, Jack. Do you have a go-to meal deal, um, that you can cook now that, that, you know, like if there's someone that you have to impress that, you know, you're just going to be able to produce master chef style. We've, um, so we got the chef over one day and we made us this, um, paella, me and Ben King. So now every single time we've got nothing to cook, we just make this paella. And <laughs> the weirdest thing to make, like, is the go-to, but it's just what we do at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, have you had a chance to do any surfing? I mean, I, I'm a big fan of surfing. We took away for a surf a couple of weeks back, but now you're a Gold Coast local. Have you uh, got out in the water on a surfboard? Yeah, I've tried. I'm not, I'm not the best at it. It might be a work in progress. Um, but yeah, I, I love the water, I love swimming and all that kind of stuff. But I've got zero talent at surfing. But we're definitely going to keep going again. Hopefully, get there one day. Yeah, a bit warmer water on the Gold Coast than uh, down in South Australia. But I reckon, I reckon you're probably better than Lee already, from what I saw in person. Oh, Gandhi! <laughs> As a better say, don't go with Haz if you want to get better at surfing. One of the worst teachers ever. He just leaves you in the dust and goes and surfs for eight hours by himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. That's not true at all. Uh, no. Fantastic. Um, Jack, that is – we better let you go, mate, because obviously you've got, um, well, very little to do from what you've said, actually. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe cook yourself a paella. Yeah, exactly right. Get thinner sorted. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, we appreciate you coming on so much, mate, and it's been unbelievable to have a chat to you and get some insight into, obviously, where you've come from and, and where you're heading to. And um, we obviously will will follow your career with great interest. And we, um, when you do sort of choose your new number, then let us know and we'll go and grab those Guernseys. <laughs> Oh, beautiful. Thanks for having me on. I'm keen to get in the studio one day. It should be good. Yeah, mate. No, we'll invite you down. Absolutely. It's always getting better, this studio as well. <laughs> Sounds good, mate. <laughs> Cheers, Jack. Thank you very much. Easy. Thanks for having me. Cheers, mate. Um, now, guys... Wonderful chat we've just had there with Jack Lukosius. Obviously, we are just going to quickly continue. I mean, we spoke mostly about AFL, uh, but we will just very quickly continue with the that AFL. Was out of bounds. That was out of bounds. Up there, in there and Fantastic. Now, as we already mentioned, uh, obviously Nat Five through the week won his second Brownlow, serious player that he is. Uh, that grand final result, we did talk about the fact uh, that that ended up being quite a blowout. Uh, so it was Richmond Tigers, 17 goals, 12 behinds, 114 plays. GWS Giants, three goals, seven behinds, 25. Uh, and we did actually get a question sent in on Instagram asking to ask Jack uh, whether he thinks that Gold Coast would have been able to contribute more to the scoreboard there. Um, but we just did not have enough time to, to get everything in there. Uh, we apologise. That would have been a very, very good question. Uh, and probably the other main piece of AFL news that has come to light here, guys, is that Justin Longmuir um, has just been named as the new coach of Fremantle, obviously replacing Ross Lyon for next season. He was the assistant coach of Collingwood um, for this year, and he has yeah, basically effective immediately. He is going to take over the reins at Fremantle. Um, and so we have sort of Nat Fife at the uh, head of that ship, fresh off his second round though, uh, but obviously looking for more success as a team. So exciting times. Yep, agreed. Excellent news. <laughs> um, thanks. How's you still there? You still breathing? Yeah, yeah still. Yeah. I, I, yeah, can't really contribute to that one, sorry. <laughs> no, that's no worries at all, Has. Uh, okay. Well, in that case, uh, has here's another one for you. We're just going to go straight to the rugby union. Obviously, we talked about the fact that that is quite uh, a big event at the moment, mm. isn't it, Skin? Yeah, yeah. The old World Cup that tends to be 
you know, the in World the, Cup. In the headlines. That is correct. Uh, and it has been massively in the headlines, particularly from an Australian point of view. Uh, now, Skin, probably the first piece of news that needs to be covered, and some of our Instagram followers did suggest this as well, is that you really do actually have to be given a pat on the back here. Uh, as I'm unsure if you're aware of what happened last night, but basically in the uh, takeover that we did, the little Rugby Union World Cup takeover while we were watching the uh, Australia versus Wales game, uh, we basically asked Skin, based on Skin's stats, you know, where is, well, how is this game going to finish? And Skin said, unfortunately, Wales are going to win by four points. Uh, and lo and behold, Wales did indeed win by four points. So what does that take us to in the Skin stats, sort of the spreadsheet that we showed everyone that you did earlier in the year in the lead up to this? How are your results looking now? Uh, the results are going all right, really. I've had a couple blunders here and there. I think I'm currently sitting at 13 out of 17 tips. Um, I, I haven't gone back. I haven't actually checked all the all the sort of final margins. I'm going to take a guess and say that's probably the only one I've gotten spot on. Just so, yeah, thankfully, it was the one we had an Instagram story up for. Uh, <laughs> we'll never do that again. <laughs> but that's no, going all right. I mean, yeah, 13 from 17. What's that? That's you know over 75 percent. That's significantly better than I went in the AFL tipping this year. And I don't even know anything about the sport, so I'm pretty happy. No, absolutely. Who was the team? Printed money on it. Yeah, I should have made put money. I don't sure, think I, I probably wasn't expecting to go this well when I started. To be honest, but yeah, you're going to be getting that many messages after the tipsters thing that you just produced yesterday. You'll be getting <laughs> direct messages all the time asking who they should be gambling on. Yeah, sports we'll start doing it for all different codes. Yeah, do a, do a spreadsheet for other codes as well. Yeah, give us a spreadsheet for all of them. I reckon. Yeah, well, I need to start working on it for the next season in the AFL at least. Yeah, and the, 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 the NFL as well. We can get Charles Dickinson back and Michael Dixon. Yeah, yep. your favourite <laughs> NFL player as well. See how he's going in the inside twenties. Yep, start throwing some bets on him. That'll be good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A few multis together from different sports. Perfect. We got a few listeners that will help you out with the uh, with the NFL ones, definitely. Um, now, guys, that particular game, Australia v Wales, uh, there were a couple of big controversies that we do have to talk over. Um, now, this was actually marred by sort of stoppages uh, throughout the game by obviously the referee and then uh, the TMO as well, uh, stepping in to try and sort of stamp out foul play. But someone was saying that in the end, sort of across three of those decisions, uh, that they actually managed to sort of waste like seven minutes of game well, of yeah, time elapsing within the game. Uh, now, the big, probably, I guess the biggest turning point in the game, you would say, and, and the one that sort of Michael Checker and Michael Hooper were probably most disgruntled about, uh, was the Samu Karevi uh, being penalised for leading with his forearm. Did you guys see this, Sam? Have you been able to see that? Yeah, yeah. And um, well, it's funny, actually, I heard Samu talking about it afterwards and saying that, if, if they're going to make calls like that, they should just go and play rugby league, which is which is funny thing as everyone's talking about rugby league um, becoming becoming soft and and uh, yeah. and too harsh and those sort of things as well. Yeah. <laughs> I actually read that. I actually read that as well, and I was thinking, I'm pretty sure we've actually seen people in rugby league get penalised for that this year as well. Yeah, well, you can't lead with the forearm, and um, you're supposed to have the the outstretched hand, but depends uh, case by case, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, Michael Huber sort of made the point that uh, that it's a very poor tackling technique by the defending player and like that no one's allowed to run anymore and brace themselves for impact. Uh, and I guess I felt a little bit sorry for Karevi because his initial contact was actually with the guy's chest. Like he wasn't yeah. sort of leading at him with his elbow brace for his jaw. He bounced up off his chest into his throat. He was obviously penalised for that. Yeah. Um, so it seemed, I mean, yeah, we've never pretended to be massive uh, massively knowledgeable on sort of rugby union, but that to me did seem a little bit stiff. Yeah, yeah a lot of these things you don't plan for. It's sort of just a natural you know, protection mechanism for yourself, really, um, and and um, and it leads to a penalty. So I guess you hope they're not quite as harsh on it on review um, if it wasn't intentional. Um, but uh, and and same with tackles nowadays. Like tackle might start around the chest or around the shoulders and, and then end up slipping up and making contact with the head and, and now that's being penalised now because there is contact with the head at some stage. So it's hard to stop 
Yeah, no, that's exactly right. But um, essentially, guys, what happened from there is that uh, Wales were obviously awarded a penalty after it being reviewed for a long time. Uh, they kicked a penalty goal from that and then obviously scored from the next play, basically, uh, after the kickoff, which was an intercept try. And the ironic thing about that and the thing that, I guess, frustrated most Australian rugby fans uh, is that for that intercept try, they actually did not spend any time checking it or reviewing it, even after checking something else that seemed slightly minor for such a long period of time uh, and then replays sort of were inconclusive about whether that particular try scorer that took the intercept was on side or not uh, and that sort of promoted I guess plenty of comments like the like these ones essentially a controversial intercept try I, I just don't know why they didn't go back and check that intercept try off Wilgenia yeah. just yeah. just give us proof that he was yeah. on side and then you go good play mate really well read but we don't know because they didn't go back and check but they he had the nerve to go back and check three other incidents throughout the game that took three or four minutes on each. That had no bearing on the game. Essentially, he scored ten points. There you go. And that discussion uh, went on for some time, but essentially that, I guess I sort of agree with the point that's being made there. I mean, if you are going to turn it into a situation where you're checking everything uh, for foul play, then surely you've got to make sure that the, the actual ones <laughs> that are costing points are being checked. Now, I don't actually yeah. know whether I that... Think, I think... Um, I think that, yeah, when there's points scored, yeah, I think it's worth checking without a doubt. But it's hard. You have to draw the line somewhere. And, and it's the same in rugby league where they say, oh, they should check this, they should check that, as if they're going to check all the things they do check. But you don't have time to check every single tackle or play. Or, you know, there's so many turnovers that you don't know whether they've dropped it or whether it was a, a strip or, or what happened. Um, and you might be able to if you took the time to check it, but you just can't take that much time out of the game to check it. So um, there has to be a line drawn somewhere. Um, it, unless you just say we're not using it at all, but I think that's a bit bit hard to say now with where we're at. Yeah, no, I agree. Actually, in fairness, and uh, that's actually one area of where rugby is actually different to NRL is that the referees do actually just back themselves to blow a try straight away. Uh, I've noticed that a yeah, lot. Yeah, more. they do. Yeah, so they're obviously not sponsored by sort of KFC to quite the extent that uh, NRL is because they just literally back themselves in, bang, try, move on, let's go. Yeah, well, it's often just like a. Like a, someone's fallen over the line after a, like a like a, a ruck or a maul, and they've just pushed their way over. So a lot of them are, um, yeah. I guess, a bit bit more simple. There's not as many obstruction plays and stuff going on. But but yeah, I know mm. what you mean. And we know how you like your obstruction plays, eh, Has? Love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Well, we better let you talk about it then. Time to shine. Um, NRL wrap for the week. Uh, so, rugby league is a week behind the AFL for their season. So, we've got two games this weekend that just um, have just been played in the preliminary finals. Uh, first game, Raiders beat the Rabbitohs. Unfortunately, my rabbits went down. Um, the Raiders were the favourites going into the game um, in the betting markets, with, with the Rabbits being below average in the last part of the year and the last few games. So, it's uh, no real surprise, but you know, they're a strong team and they're always a chance. Um, Soliola and Papali were both put on report, um, but since it's been cleared, and, and rightly so in my opinion, for their indiscretions there, um, and, and it's good for the Raiders as well because those two have been a massive part of the team's success this year. Even though their front rowers, um, they go unnoticed a bit, but, but they've been, they've been outstanding for the Raiders. Um, Another one, Joey Lealua, uh potentially injured his ankle um, during the game. Um, not sure exactly how bad it is, but um, reports I've seen said he's likely to play, but we'll really have to wait and see. They've kept it under wraps a bit. Um, Joey was actually dragged away from a post-match interview with Brad Filler after the game. Filler was in the sheds and um, and had um, Lealua and another player ready to talk to them. Um, he was talking to the other guy first, and, and then I, said, I don't know who it was, whether it was um, the media manager or the physio, but drag Joey Lelua away so so the um, Hitler couldn't get the inside scoop on how his injury was by the looks of it. <laughs> they obviously weren't trusting him to uh, to say the right thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't want the information getting out there. But, no. um, but yeah, we'll wait and see later in the week. Surely Brad Fittler would have kept it secret. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> um, no, no one watches those post-match interviews, do they? Everyone just... Turn the TV off after the game's done. Actually, that's exactly what I do. But yeah. <laughs> there are other people who sit and watch it. Um, there was there was a big call from the match. Actually, uh, Corey Allen 
um, returning a kick I grab him and put through to the in goal and um, he sort of slid on his stomach before then getting up and trying to get the ball out of the in goal um, and he dropped the ball after playing on leading to Jared Croker scoring a try the first try of the match I think it was and um, a bit of an unknown rule to me actually is because Corey Allen on, on replay showed that it showed that he forced the ball in goal before trying to get up and, and make it back out again. So I was thinking, oh, it's a no try because he's forced the ball, so it's going to go to a goal line dropout. But the rule actually states that um, it, it depends on what his intention was at the time. And um, it, it was clear, obviously, that his intention wasn't to ground the ball. He was trying to keep it off the ground and, and get out of the end goal. It wasn't intentionally grounded. Um, so... And to the letter of the law, yeah, it was a try because he was trying to he was trying to get back out and play on and knock it on. But um, yeah, I, I never knew that was a rule. I always thought even if it was accidentally grounded before before yeah. the player got to go out, that it, it was just you know a goal line dropout from there. Yeah, that's definitely what I thought as well. To be fair, because I was yeah. I was almost certain that like yeah, that people obviously when they are tackled like that, there's been times that that, that they have probably that hasn't been their intention to ground the ball, but obviously they. That just happened in the act. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I guess that's a one that's left up to interpretation. One of those rules, and then it's worded that way. But you could see it. There'd be a lot of circumstances where you wouldn't be sure exactly what the player's intention was, and that's why a lot of um, rules nowadays are going to that black and white. If they did it or they didn't do it, um, and not up to interpretation. But that one still is still is one that's um, that's going to be up to opinion, I guess. Yeah, we're gonna to have to get that one fixed up, Has otherwise it's not gonna stay in the rule book. No, no, you know I don't mind either way. Whatever they go with, they go with. But you have to, you have to go with it. <laughs> it has to be black um, and white, though. Like a zebra crossing. No, it doesn't have. Sam it doesn't have to be. But Sam has it doesn't crossings. have to be. But if it is, it is. Um, I, don't, I don't mind if they're up to interpretation. I'm, I'm not complaining. But oh, has you're sitting complain. on the fence so much today? What's going on? Just loves it. Get off the boundary, Has. Get in the infield. <laughs> Um, all right, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to uh, another part of the game. Uh, Nicole Klockstad, the, the Raiders fullback, who's had a great year um, at the back there, been a revelation for them, um, was sinned in with 10 minutes left. So he was basically out for the rest of the game um, for stripping uh, after tackling Adam Reynolds, um, who had made a, made a breakdown down the field. Um, you know, the ref's interpretation was that he was trying to slow down the, the play of the ball, let... Um, the rest of the defenders get onside, and, and therefore it was a uh, professional foul. Um, probably a 50-50 call. I mean, I, I thought it was fair. Um, you know, um, Adam Reynolds was trying to get up and play the ball, and, and he held on for a little bit long. And some people are saying it might have been a loose carry, but um, definitely could have affected the result in the end with the Rabbitohs getting that penalty, but but didn't didn't change the result. Right, it still won the game. No, it's, it's good. It's good to see. To be honest, it's good. I was pretty happy to see the Raiders into a grand final. I think that's awesome because you do love seeing clubs that have become sort of underdogs get themselves into positions where they could potentially seek some glory. So I was, I'm sort of, yeah, obviously a bit of a fan of uh, of the Raiders this season and what they've been able to do. And um, for that reason, I was sort of pretty ecstatic to see them actually progress to the grand final there. Yeah, it's been a while, and um, and yeah, I guess even though I wanted the Bunnies to do well, I'm pretty stoked with the. The Raiders are the ones that have beaten them to, to get their chance to win a grand final. And I'll, I think I'll be going for the Raiders. Hopefully they beat the Roosters in the grand final next week. And, and yeah, that brings us to mentioning that the Roosters did beat the Melbourne Storm um, in the second game of the round. And uh, it was it was number one versus number two in attack and defence with, with those two teams being the top two teams in attack and defensive stats throughout the year. Um, and probably uh, probably the, the, wasn't the standard start the game that... that viewers were hoping for was a lot of penalties early in the game uh, that probably detracted from the quality of footy and the, and the pace um, both teams not at their best um, <laughs> what about probably, the, sin bin, the sin bin like 19 seconds into the game that was unbelievable yeah yeah I'm getting into that but uh, oh, but, yeah. but yeah um, yeah Takiyaho and uh, Nelson and Sofa Solomona both sin binned um, for facial contact um, at the start of the game. Yeah, 19 seconds in. I, I don't know if we've had two people since been that early. Uh, yeah, it, uh, the, the footage didn't show too much heavy contact, but a lot of aggression being shown and, and both players um, probably regret it in hindsight, even though there's a lot of emotion in those situations and you want to start the game on top and show you're not backing down. Um, but, but yeah, Roosters ended up winning 14-6 and... Um, 
you know, as you'd expect from a Melbourne side who are, who are well disciplined, they probably weren't as much as they normally are, but they had more possession slightly throughout the game and actually had a higher completion rate, which often leads to, to a win. But, um, but it, Roosters had more tackle and line breaks in attack and I guess that led to more points in the end and um, they had that attacking flair to get them over the line, which, um, which means that Cooper Cronk will now be playing in his fourth straight grand final so yeah, that's uh, and that's actually the second time he's done that in his career isn't it he did it like in 2006 yeah. 7 8 9 as well maybe yeah well that's why the roosters um brought him up to sydney and and uh got rid of um mitchell pierce there so uh, mm. i guess he's done his job yeah my earth yeah, yeah absolutely what about uh in the nrlw has yep uh, the final round, round three of the normal season for the women. Warriors actually beat the Broncos 10-8 and the Dragons beat the Roosters 24-16. So it uh, means it is a Broncos-Dragons grand final next week, Sunday 4pm, just before the, the men's game. So um, Broncos will be looking to go back-to-back and, uh, and Dragons will be hopefully want to stop that from happening yeah absolutely that'll be cool that'll be an awesome occasion for the play obviously as crowd is building quite substantially there as well is there plans for that to progress into a bigger competition i assume there will be sort of like the aflw is doing yeah i have i have heard that they're looking to add a couple more teams i'm not sure exactly how many but i think um the nrl are wanting clubs to send in sort of applications to say you know this is why we deserve a, a women's team and um and I'm sure that'll encompass financial reasons and, and feeder club things, how many how many women football players there are in the state, whatever it might be. But, um, but yeah, they're, they're looking to do that so they can expand the game a little bit. Mm, outstanding. Very, very good, Has, as per usual. One of your great raps there, I must say. Uh, now we're going to move on to cricket, Has, if that's all right with you. Perfect. Happy for that. Excellent. Uh, now, how's there's a couple of uh, big things happening in cricket this week. Obviously, the under-17 national titles are on this week in Mackay as well. And anyone, I was actually sitting there after getting my car service this morning. I was sitting watching Sunrise uh, and found it quite odd that they were sort of including some sort of cricketers at an airport um, as part of their news headlines. Uh, but it was actually the fact that uh, on the way from Brisbane to Mackay yesterday, uh, a Qantas Airlines wheel exploded. Uh, so they had to make like a landing, which was quite scary actually. Uh, Qantas have said it wasn't an emergency landing. It was just a uh, just a landing just to be cautious because even though there's six wheels, you can actually land on five uh, but I think I'd be happier with taking the six option if given the opportunity uh, to make that choice, that's for sure. Uh, but on board was actually the Australian under-16 team who are going to play in the under-17s uh, National Carnival this week. But uh, everyone's fine, everyone's all clear, and they've all made it to Mackay, and those games started today. We obviously actually... Uh, yeah, I'm, sorry. That's... Yeah, I'm sure it happens a fair bit, that sort of thing. But as, a, as someone who who does travel a bit um, going into state for cricket. It, you know, it doesn't give you too much peace of mind that when you're always worried about takeoffs and landings and then wanting to be safe because plane flights aren't the, um, aren't the calmest of things to be a part of. Yeah, sorry, Hans. I didn't even think about that. I probably shouldn't have uh, mentioned that. No, I think that you still have to fly <laughs> back to Brisbane. <laughs> you're a nervous flyer, are you, Hans? Uh, you know, you always get the heart rate, heart um, rate increasing a little bit. He certainly is now after that story. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're perfect so we've actually the Redlands Tigers we've got five players that are playing in the Queensland under 17s team there so we will keep you updated on how they are going as well um, but obviously on to the Marsh Cup which is really heating up in Queensland on their third straight game uh, the other day when was that yesterday Sunday in fact um, and Usman Kawaja came back into the side yesterday uh, 100 straight away and quite a big 100 as well for a one day game uh, and has he obviously opened the batting with you and you are seeing them like beach balls at the moment. Um, so you obviously managed to get yourself on with another 50 as well. Talk us through that game, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, we um, won the toss and Osman wanted to have a bat first. So we went out and batted first. I had to assess the conditions a bit, but um, yeah, I, yeah, it was great to bat with Aussie. He sort of leaves you with a bit of confidence out there. And um, I think we had about 180 runs. Um, partnership to open the batting, so that was pretty cool. And um, 
and it would have been nice if I was able to stay out there a little bit longer and, uh, and bring up the 100. Um, I think I ended up on 88, so I was, it was getting close and haven't been able to tick it over yet. But, um, but yeah, always next game, um, which is tomorrow for us against Victoria again. Um, but, uh, yeah, we played them twice in a row. Um, yeah, right. That's weird. But, yeah, we, we, uh, we managed to get, I think, 300. 20 odd so um, really good score in that wicket because it was actually quite a challenging wicket um, if, um, to score runs on if you bowl good areas it wasn't one that was I had a lot of juice in it and was doing a lot but um, but it was, was quite dead and tough to score if you bowl good areas and um, Mark Steckity came out for us uh, to bowl and, and got four for um, quite impressive on that wicket and, and they were they were four and five for not many uh, Victoria um, trying to trying to chase down our total so it was a pretty Pretty good start for us, and uh, and uh, they just made it really hard for them um, to to keep going from there. They really couldn't afford to take any risks, and and our bowlers did a great job. And um, and yeah, it was surprising with their quality of, of batters they had in their lineup. Um, I'll, I'll definitely forget some, but guys like Maxwell and Finch and Hanscom and um, Maddinson, Bukowski, um yeah, just to name a few. But they're yeah. a very very good team. So nice to get one up on them um, to start one of the first two games uh, so hopefully we can take that momentum into the next game I think there was actually a, a, quite an interesting one yesterday a few stoppages throughout the game we had to stop the game after the first ball was bowled um, I faced the first ball and James Patterson created such a big hole um, trench even you'd call it in, in, in the wicket where, the, where his front foot lands on the crease um, because it was it was soft um, and, and James Patterson's a big boy he had to crease hard and um, and yeah, it was, it was like dangerous. So if he was to run in again and land in a similar spot, he could easily do his ankle or something like that. So, uh, had a, had a break and, um, they opted to come around the wicket and bowl, bowl around the wicket often to, to mix that up and, and not destroy one side of the crease. But, uh, they brought the stamper out, the big metal. It's hard to explain what it is, but they, they stamp it into the ground and try and flatten out the crease. And they did that nearly every over. Was that, um, that the Adam, was that the Adam stamper? <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, good one, Lee. Thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah uh, a couple more breaks as well. I, I uh, created a bit of an issue. I, I played a sweep shot, came off the middle of the bat, and, uh, and the umpire actually did a really good job at square leg to get something on it. He, he did a bit of a hop and jump and, and kicked the ball down to, down a fine leg, meaning that I got a single for it. Um, probably cost me three runs because I was going for four, but um, oh, but that's not the important part. The, the umpire... Well, it is. Uh, had to go <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Yeah, the umpire had to... Um, the poor old umpires. Yeah, I was going to say the poor old umpires had to retire hurt and then your interview afterwards you were just stressing about your boundary. <laughs> Yeah, oh, hopefully he's okay. I haven't, I haven't actually heard how old he is, but um, so yeah, his family his foot blew up, and um, hopefully no broken bones or anything. But yeah, yeah. I have to wait a bit for the uh, the third umpire, Donovan Kosh, uh, to come out and take over. Yeah, right. The great is, the is substitution it? rule again. Yeah, right. Is there? A, how does that work? Is it? Yeah. Uh, he's just he's just sitting in the crowd waiting for something like that. Is that? I don't think. He's yeah, well. Crowd. I'm not sure how they work because they've got they they can go upstairs and have a look at runouts and that sort of thing um, oh, okay. in our games. So they need another umpire to look at that, um, and I think they usually have four at the at the game. So I'm not sure if another guy then takes over that third umpire role. But then the yeah the third umpire has to come out in the field and um, um, and be one of those two on the field. You might have just had some random going to the third umpire seat as when you bowled over <laughs> one umpire. They just had to replace the third umpire with some guy that was guessing. <laughs> yeah, well, you, know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't do much worse than some of those video uh, video replay situations that we've seen in the past, can you? No, that's true. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly right. Um, very good, Has. And then also we obviously had... Uh, plenty happening in the Australian Women's 2020 again last well, that was yesterday wasn't it uh, but we've been talking about the fact that they have been demoralising West Indies and hoping that they sort of get to play against someone different those prayers were answered uh, they get to play against Sri Lanka but they've done a serious number on them as well yeah yeah no it's good to see the Aussie women's team uh, keep doing well and, and Beth Mooney fellow Queenslander getting 113 off 61 which is Pretty good effort. Um, that's that's a good that's good good strike rate. Good going and um, and uh, yeah, tough place to bowl North Sydney over where they played. Um, and uh, yeah, Jess Jonathan 
with the best economy rate, rate for the Aussies, defending that total uh, with uh, economy rate of 6.75 off her four overs. Um, and uh, But that's a back up again. They're playing at North Sydney Oval again tonight, uh, Sri Lanka again. So I'm um, sure another high scoring affair. So they're playing again, that, like two two games in two days. Yeah, they're not uh, messing around to um, getting them out of the way. But uh, I think 2020, so I guess it's not an all-day thing. They're not, they're not standing in the field 50 overs. So I guess yeah. they can, um, can get through it. Absolutely, very true. Perfect grid. Um, and just in terms of sort of a couple of uh, Redlands Tigers results from the weekend, probably the one story that I wanted to bring up, guys, we're running out of time, but uh, someone who does deserve a bit of a rap was Nick Herford, who um, at 39 years of age uh, and plenty of years of playing actually broke through and scored his maiden first grade 100 and made sure that it was a big one too, sort of 178 uh, he ended up scoring before running himself out um, against, and that was against Wynnum on the weekend. So 178 out of a total of 397 were bowled out for in the end. So wanted to give a massive shout out to him and Mitch, you had actually had a couple of hundreds in your game as well in second grade too, didn't you? Uh, yeah, we did. We had a good day against Wynnum as well. We had a couple of younger fellas make make some big hundreds, which was nice. Young Dylan Kritzinger, I think he had 120 off a of, like, not many, 130 maybe. Um, and Bailey Lavender batted, batted slightly longer for about five hours and probably faced a few million balls and ended up with about 140. So that was that was an impressive yeah, knock as well. Great knock. Yeah, it's good to hear. He's a very good player and he's been working hard, so it's nice to see him get that success. Mm, absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, Skinner, how did you go? Uh, yeah, it came out towards the end of the day after after copping a bit of pad rash watching those two and <laughs> peeled off a little 40 not out, so I'll take that. Absolutely. I'll not nice work. Take, uh, won't take yep. what I got, but we won't miss that. <laughs> um, yeah, well played, Lethal. Uh, now, boys, we'll move on very quickly. Now, the next uh, the next segment, obviously, is uh, we we basically went to the uh, we went to the Instagram questionnaire and we got some interesting uh, interesting replies. We're obviously rushing through these guys because we do not want the episode to go forever and be another long John Silver. Mm-hmm. Um, so we uh, we did have a question about sort of uh, the result of why. I was uh, changing my boots yesterday and what I was doing there. And so I wanted a little bit of insight into the touch football that I was playing yesterday. Um, that was obviously for the Redlands Crushers, one of the great clubs. That's who we've played all of our junior touch for uh, and senior touch for, actually. Redlands yep. through and through. Um, the change of boots basically were because uh, every time that I wear the fluoro green ones, I get bullied extensively, and people <laughs> say, people say, run at that guy with green boots. And then, like, in one particular occasion, they said, run at green boots, he'll let one in, he'll let one in. And I was like, no, not, a, not a chance, I'm not letting one in, obviously. And sure enough, the very next step, sweeper on me, bang, score, see you later. So from that moment on, I've always been a little bit hesitant about wearing the greenies unless I'm feeling in very good form. Uh, and as yesterday was my first game in five weeks, I thought that the uh, black and white ones might be more appropriate. Yeah, yeah no, that's fair. How did those How did those games go? Uh, well, we lost both, so they oh, didn't know. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> did you find any form at all? Uh, I didn't. No, right. probably okay. not. Perfect. No. In fact, uh, the are New Balances has actually helped me get them. They're great New Balance boots. They felt very, very good, uh, but I just I think the person wearing them was just not killing it. Yeah, you certainly can't blame the shoes. No, you're <laughs> best the best. <laughs> That's right. Has to look after the sponsors there. Um, <laughs> now, guys, in the touch games that uh, actually people care about for the Redlands Crushers, uh, the men's men's prems won 13-7 against Gold Coast yesterday, uh, which moves them to third place on the ladder. Obviously, we're getting to the pointy end of the season for the Metro Cup 2019. And then Redlands Crushers women prems as well. Uh, they won both games, first 3-2 against Gold Coast and then 4-3 against Brothers in the second game. That was a double header uh, to ensure that they'll also play in the Metro Cup finals this season. Um, and so massive shout out to Chris Ross, who is coaching the women's prems there. He's done very, very well. Uh, and then we also, what was the other the other piece of news that one of the Instagram followers asked us every single week, uh, and I will not lie, this is definitely not my area of expertise. In fact, I've never watched one of these fights in my life, but apparently in the UFC, we've got the biggest Australian um, middleweight uh, championship fight at Marvel Stadium this Saturday night that's coming up. That Some are saying that it's Australia's sort of uh, yeah, biggest ever battle, uh, and so it features um, the Australian fighter who's Robert Whittaker, his name is and he's defending his middleweight belt versus New Zealand's Israel. How the heck do you say that? Israel Adesanya. 
that sounds about right. You reckon? Yeah, yeah take it around, see what yeah. happens. So, uh, Drew, you've obviously been asking for some coverage on the UFC for multiple weeks every single time we put that up on Instagram. <laughs> so we have succumbed to your peer pressure. Um, but obviously I'm unsure if that's really done it justice. But I will say that Adesanya, if that's how you say his name, uh, is definitely undefeated so far in his UFC career coming into this. So sounds like... Robert Whitaker will be up again so I'm sure Drew will keep us informed for next week's episode and then how you actually got a request as well I did I did um, hi mates uh, Julius wanted me to talk about rock climbing so um, talked about surfing being in the Olympics next next Olympics and, and rock climbing is also going to be in the next Olympics um, I actually went to crank indoor rock climbing the other day and pick up something there didn't actually do any rock climbing but it was it was pretty impressive to see all the people there and and all the different things and, and, and walls you can climb. What um, the heck cool. did you have to pick up? <laughs> oh, it was it was for a um, a raffle a prize thing. They were they were giving away some some passes for yeah for a Highland dancing prize actually for my mum. So oh, <laughs> that's right. what I was doing. Son of the um, year again. But, yeah. <laughs> um, sponsors, no, mid. <laughs> no, no sponsor. Either. I'm no, like a terrible his, indoor rock just climber. Has his individual sponsors, <laughs> not actually anyone. <laughs> I couldn't get out of the walls. I reckon you guys would be a bit better suited, a bit uh, smaller frames, a bit way a bit less than me. So you could probably um, pull yourself up those rock climbing walls, but I definitely couldn't. Yeah, but I can never reach um, the next rock, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one to think about, I guess, as well. But um, bit of news: Victoria are actually trying to ban people from climbing the Grampians, which I believe are a world-renowned uh, rock climbing, natural rock climbing um, area to, to climb. So uh, people are pretty unhappy about the Grampians being um, banned from being able to be rock climbed on. A um, couple of reasons, I think some soil erosion, old people climbing up, are uh, creating some erosion there, trampled vegetation around the area. Both seem like pretty minor things, but um, another one that probably is, is more important is a couple of people did die um, recently uh, doing rock climbing around the area. So um, I guess you know, that's not something you want happening and uh, it's a, uh, risky sport but if people want to take the risk then it's probably up to them I'd say I mean as, as a surfer you go out there and you know I could I could hit the sandbank on the bottom or a reef and and do some damage and and that could be it so you know that's the risk I take but hopefully no one bans surfing so uh see yeah, I feel for them there well there's a freshwater pool coming as well the Sunshine Coast one of those wave pools has so if they do ban surfing you can just get into that well, yeah, I'm not sure that's any safer, but um, but yeah, I'd love to give that's that a crack. There is there is there is a freshwater surfing pool coming by. Uh, Get shot by the down for every, here. every idea I have is always a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> and yet we still let you um, run the show. <laughs> no, that's what you're here for. We're happy with that. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know how to say her name, but the Sylvanian female. I don't know if you say Yana Garnbrett or whatever it might be, but she uh, apparently has won all six events in the 2019 Bouldering World Cup for the women's um, event. And there are only six events, so she's won all of them, which is pretty impressive. Uh, she's definitely going to be the favorite going into the Olympics. Uh, and um, bouldering, if you didn't know, which I didn't know as well, is, uh, is rock climbing up, up a, uh, quite a small wall for them, about six meters or so um, without harnesses or ropes. Um, and it's just small rock formations or artificial rock walls and, and the, the, the things you have to grab onto are very small at that level so it's like 50 cent coin hanging off the side of the wall that you have to grab onto and pull yourself up with it's not it's not a big um, easy hole to stick your hand in and, and pull yourself up so they're pretty impressive what those rock climbers can do that is oh, one yeah. of the biggest no's from me yeah, that's loose. in terms of we won't yeah. be doing that has. <laughs> Yeah, no, I wouldn't be able to do that no matter how much training or practice I put into it. Yeah, right. And without harnesses or ropes, I know six metres might be a small wall for them, but that can be pretty dangerous if you're falling off that, I would think. Especially when you're trying to go as fast as you yeah. possibly can. And they, they scale those walls pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Far out. There you go. Absolutely. Now, guys, I, I do have to wind us up. Obviously, we've gone over time again, which is just stock standard. Yeah, um, no shocks. Yeah. Now, Skinnel, you were the, the you were the main man last week, so you may as well wrap us up this week. Really, uh, let people know what happened, 
Um, well, we spoke to Jack Lukosius. That's probably a massive, massive piece of news. We talked a little bit about AFL and the AFL Grand Final, despite the fact that that was probably not the game we were hoping for. The NRL Grand Final is on this week, and guys, next week will actually be our final episode of Season 1, uh, because um, obviously then there's a little bit of a transition between the football season and the cricket season, so we'll take a couple of weeks to get some quality videos up again, like the one of me doing the pencil toss from the top of Mount Hotham. Uh, make sure <laughs> things like that impressive. go up. Very impressive. What a shot that was. Only took two throws as well, which is interesting. Yeah, right. Uh, probably helps when it's not, yeah, not legitimate, but that's all right. Easy, skinned. <laughs> People, jeez, skinned. Could win a Hollywood film festival, that. Oh, please. <laughs> uh, so that's what we'll be doing in our couple of weeks break there. Um, now, Skin, where can people find us? Uh, people can find us in most places on the internet, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel that's probably not terribly active, I don't believe, Lethal. Yeah, it's active. Is it? Yeah. Well, okay, it's got good. the Mount Hotham Film Festival on it. So. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, I think we've, have we got Twitter as well. Yeah, we do. And the, the, the old faithful email address, we got the chocolates at gmail.com. So. Correct. Now, obviously, we didn't have time to uh, to do some of those segments tonight uh, because of the Lacocious interview, which was uh, probably the replacement for that. But obviously, if you had anyone that you need to put in the social sin bin, you've got any questions for skin stats, uh, you've got some overused sporting buzz phrases, they're all three segments that we would like to do next week for our last episode of the season. Uh, but we look forward to obviously being with you again next week. Uh, Sam, good luck tomorrow. Go well. Get in Queensland another win. Go four from four. Thanks, mate. Do my best. Perfect. Uh, keep spanking it, mate, and we look forward to seeing you in studio for next week. I'll be there. Perfect. Outstanding, guys. Thank you very much. Cheers. See ya. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.